Well, hello and welcome to Biblical Moments. This is Evangelist Frank King. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this episode, I want to talk about water baptism. Jesus commanded his disciples to disciple the nations and to baptize. So today I want to talk about what baptism means. I will be teaching from chapter 6 of Paul's letter to the church at Rome and I will be using the King James Version of the Bible. So stay with me as I address what baptism means. When I was a child, most of the youths in the church I attended got baptized for the wrong reasons. Some did it to join the local church or so they could partake of Holy Communion. Also, they could serve in some capacity in the church, etc. For some older people, they did it so that they would have the right to have their funeral in a church building. What a sorry reason to so-called join a church. Even today, some people equate baptism with salvation. The truth is that everyone who has been saved should become baptized, but not everyone who becomes baptized has been saved. I don't want to make light of water baptism. It is very significant for the believer and that's what I want to discuss today from a biblical standpoint. We know that the scriptures clearly teach that we are saved by grace and not by works. But one of the reasons we cannot continue to practice sin is because of the implications of water baptism. Paul introduces this subject through a series of questions he poses at the beginning of Romans chapter 6. In verse 1 he writes, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Paul asked these questions because he ended chapter 5, the previous chapter, talking about the abundance of the grace of God. No matter what we do to fall short, the grace of God is sufficient for us. But that does not mean it does not matter how we live. That's why Paul posed the questions he did in the first two verses that I just read. In other words, should we exploit the abundance of God's grace? That's the question. Those two verses Verses 1 and 2 serve as the lead-in to verse 3. There Paul writes, 
Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So this verse gives us the significance of water baptism. It's telling us that through water baptism, we are identifying with the death of Christ. Now the point that I am about to make is perhaps the most important point to remember about water baptism. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. This is the real baptism that occurs when we accept Christ. You see, water baptism is merely symbolic. Water baptism is supposed to occur after we have accepted Christ. It is symbolic of what has already occurred spiritually in our life. If it has not already occurred spiritually, then water baptism is false advertisement. Now let's talk about our responsibility after water baptism. Here's what verse 4 says about that. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Now think about this. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he arose to a new life. He was no longer the suffering servant. But the Bible says God highly exalted him. Similarly, through water baptism, we are planted into his death so that we too should rise from baptism to the newness of life. Why? Because in verse 5, Paul writes, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So, when we go down in the water, we are being planted in the likeness of his death. And when we come out of the water, we are to be a partaker of the resurrection to a new life. Now let's get to the bottom line, which we find in verse 6. It reads, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So this verse talks about our old man having been crucified. You see, everyone who has been baptized into the body of Christ has been born again. Remember what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says, By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And everyone who has been baptized into the body of Christ has been born again. 
that means we are a new creation. That's what this verse says when it says our old man, or should I say our old nature has been crucified. But notice in this verse why God did that. Why did he crucify our old nature? It says so that henceforth we should not serve sin. You see, God did not crucify our old man or our old nature and make us a new creation so we can put on the old man again and do what we used to do. No, he wants us going forward to not serve sin. Notice that I have never said that you become saved at water baptism. That would be a serious problem, for instance, for a person who accepts Christ on his deathbed but can't get water baptized. Imagine a person accepting Christ just before death but failing to get baptized. And on judgment day, the Lord says, Oh, wow, man. I know you accepted me as your savior before you died, but you didn't get baptized, so to hell you go. That's not going to be the case. Nevertheless, water baptism is significant in the Christian's life. Water baptism is public identification with Christ. It symbolizes to those who witness our water baptism that we have been buried with Christ and hence we are identifying with his death so that as he rose anew, we should likewise live anew. And once we have made that choice, we can no longer go around talking about continuing in a life of sin just because we have been saved by grace. My friend, we must be careful to not become one-dimensional on the subject of grace. Yes, we have been saved by grace through faith, but that does not mean we can ignore all the other biblical truths such as the one we are studying today. I'm saying that there is still a biblical mandate for those of us who are under grace to live in obedience to God. It is to that end that our old man has been crucified. Now, let's look at the last part of verse 4 again. It says, we should walk in the newness of life. Note It did not say we would walk in the newness of life. It says we should walk in the newness of life. You see, the choice to walk in the newness of life is ours. God is saying, I have shared with you my plan for your life. I have told you why I crucified your old man and made you a new creation. It's up to you to complete my plan for your life by walking in the newness of life. You see, our being born again, our old man being crucified, 
does not make us do what's right. It empowers us to do so. The premise of a person accepting Christ as Savior is that he or she accepts Christ as Lord of their life. But the choice to do so is solely ours. What we do after having been empowered to live for Christ is a reflection of the truth about our heart toward him. So water baptism symbolizes that we have become dead to ourselves and alive to the will of God. During baptism, when the person is put under the water, that symbolizes identifying with the death of Christ. When the person is raised out of the water, that symbolizes rising to a new life. I know that some churches, some denominations sprinkle or pour water upon the convert, but the biblical method is immersion. Nevertheless, we have been buried with Christ through baptism. I submit that for many Christians, too much of the old man has been alive and kicking ever since they said yes to the Lord. And it's time to die if we want to really experience the life of Christ in us. Yes, we have been saved by grace through faith, but God has made us a new creation because he wants us to walk in the newness of life. Water baptism is the means by which we make a public statement that we have chosen to be a follower of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that brings us to the close of this episode. I hope that you were blessed during our time together as we talked about what water baptism means. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, May heaven's best be yours.